Well, hello everybody out there in Music Video Land. Welcome to another edition of the Music Video Land podcast, interview style. My name is Adam Fairholm, co-founder of the IMVDB. And uh, with me as usual is Mr. Douglas Klinger, also co-founder of IMVDB. How are you, Doug? Super good, Adam. Excited for interview style. Um, and uh, what we're going to be doing going forward is when we have interviews, we're going to be basically just presenting the, the interviews. And then every Thursday, we are doing a live broadcast, which we uh, then uh, kind of edit down a little bit and then release on Friday morning. And you can find that at imvdb.com live every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, or, what would it, Doug, what would that be, uh, L.A. time? Uh, it's 8. Wow, 8 look at that. I, it's spoken like a true someone who knows about uh, Los Angeles. Someone who could subtract by 3. Wow. Um <laughs> So on this podcast episode, we have a really fantastic interview from uh, Mr. Shane Drake, who has been someone that we've wanted to talk to for a long time. I think he's been he's been on our list for for quite a while, right, Doug? Yeah, definitely. He's he's definitely been someone we've we've been wanting to talk to for a while because he's been doing great music videos. Um, definitely the whole time we've been running the site, and before that. Uh, many years before that, he's been doing music videos for more than a decade, and he has a really uh, kind of e- extensive uh, music video videography, if you will, if you let me use a term that nobody uses. Um, we, we use it on we, our site. We use it a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, you know, ranging from uh, you know bands like Panic at the Disco. Um, Fall Out Boy, uh, and then even uh, you know artists like Tim McGraw, uh, featuring uh, Taylor Swift, um, Little Big Town, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, Paramore, Scotty McCreary, um, you know just a really wide ranging uh, flow rider. Flow rider, exactly. Flow rider. And, and he's definitely a genre genre spanning director. He's he's definitely not pigeonholed into any specific genre. He does them all. Exactly. Yeah, Avril Lavigne is one that's also also on there. Um, so he has a, a really wide range of uh, of uh, music genres in there. So uh, so anyway, we got to talk to uh, Mr. Shane Drake about uh, a little bit about his career. Um, you know where he got started. You know what's changed over the time that he's uh, that you know when he got into music videos, which at the time YouTube you know didn't even exist. So we've seen a lot of changes in the industry. And also his uh, um, time as a uh, you know in music video director on American Idol, which is you know where a lot of his uh, connections with you know Scotty McCreary, Daughtry, and those and uh, those kind of bands and acts come from. Yeah. So, exactly. It's a really interesting perspective with that because um, he was a staff director for them for for four years, and that's uh, not many people can say that. So that's definitely a really unique perspective he offers on that. But Mr. Shane Drake can say that, and uh, we're going to talk to him right now. So uh, check it out, our interview with music video director Shane Drake. I'm Shane Drake. I'm a music video director. Um, got my start uh, working on a lot of metal videos and, and uh, hardcore videos and sort of uh, got my footing that way and ended up uh, finding out that I was decent at this job and was able to sort of uh, 
climb the ladder, so to speak. And, and now I'm actually uh, blessed with the opportunity to work with some really talented artists that uh, sell records worldwide and, uh, you know, have millions of fans. And it's uh, kind of an exciting thing that I've stumbled into as a music video director. And you mentioned on your, your bio that um, on, on your site, which we'll link to in, in the show notes, um, that, uh, you know, you're had aspirations to, to, you know, work in narrative feature films and then you were mentored early on uh, for music videos. And we were wondering, who, who was your mentor? Well, yeah, I mean, I originally, like, I, I actually got out of college and I was a biochemist uh, by, uh, by my studies and I just, I hated that. And so um, after a year of, of biochemistry, I decided to uh, figure something else out and uh, went back to grad school at Princeton along the way, sort of fell in love with acting, but in, in the process of acting, sort of realized that that was going to be a very long road with uh, a lot of uh, questions sort of up to fate, so to speak. There was just, you know, there wasn't enough certainty in, the, in that type of a career for, for me and my personality. So I decided that I really liked what the director, what the guys behind the camera were doing. And so when I moved back to L.A., I decided I wanted to... I wanted to make movies. I wanted to be a director. Um, and uh, so I started making a bunch of short films and just sort of started hustling around town. Uh, I lived in Thousand Oaks at the time. And just kind of anytime I found out anyone who had a dad or an uncle or a friend or a brother or whatever who was loosely or, or tightly connected to the, the business, I would, you know, try and take a meeting and show them my goofy little shorts. And eventually, you know, I, I caught the eye of a uh, this guy named Darren Doan, who uh, was pretty prolific with regards to punk rock videos in the 90s. Um, he, you know, really kind of given a lot of the bands that like Tooth and Nail uh, their, visual, their visual start, um, you know. And <clears throat> he saw my work and sort of uh, took a liking to me, and we started uh, sort of working. He, he was sort of mentoring me for a while and taught me how to, you know, how to make a buck at music videos and how to how the sort of business of it worked and sort of showed me you know I got to come on set with him and watch how he sort of his process worked and from there you know obviously you know that gave me a good sort of clue as to what sort of the foundation of how this this job is done and then from there I was able to sort of sort of take a step out of my own start my own company and formulate my own sort of uh, specifics of the craft and um you know, it really was a blessing to have had him teach me those, you know, those sort of crucial foundational elements. But uh, I think it was really the years that followed that really sort of helped me develop into the director I am now as I sort of set out on my own to to find a, a voice and a, and a thumbprint, if you will. And the first video on, on our site that we have of yours is Fallout Boy Saturday from 2003. I'm, I'm curious, is there stuff that comes before that of yours that is, um, uh, you mentioned you, you did a lot of metal stuff and stuff to begin with. Is there some stuff that, that, that comes prior to 2003? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I mean, I'd worked a lot with some tooth nail bands myself. My very first video was with a band called Hangnail. Um, and then uh, from there, my second video was with a band called Slick Shoes, which was a pretty popular punk rock, uh, you know, band in the indie scene uh, back then. And they were uh, really cool. It was a cool band to sort of get my my feet wet with. And that was again that was with Darren. And uh, from there, my next video literally was uh, Me Without You, and it was those guys to me that 
really started my process of figuring out wh- what I wanted my my sort of style to be. And I sort of I I really feel like you know when I, I did their first video, I, I we formed a really good relationship with you know me and the band and. It really opened the channels of creativity. You know, I don't know if you are familiar with that band or if you've seen any of their videos, but you know, a lot of their early videos are, are pretty wacky, and it was it was exciting to be at the helm of those and to sort of be learning and, and sort of like exploring this world of, of filmmaking with a band that was so willing to take those kind of chances. And uh, it was very aggressive music, you know. And um, I worked with, uh, you know, some victory bands. I worked with Silverstein. Uh, I think uh, Hawthorne Heights was probably my my first breakout sort of video, and that was Ohio is for Lovers. Um, and it was that video. I think that was before uh, Fall Out Boy Saturday because that was – Hawthorne Heights was my first real, like, MTV play back when MTV actually played videos, and that was sort of why we watched the channel. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that was – really kind of uh, eye-opening experience to see, you know, my work on, you know, broadcast. I was just kind of like a, a mind blower. And so from there, I just was even more encouraged to keep going and, um, you know, getting a chance to then uh, work with, you know, Paramore, you know, on their first video was about the same time as well um, for Pressure. And, you know, Fall Out Boy was right in that same sort of time uh is, is that where I was really just sort of kind of getting to know these bands that were going to become huge, who they were going to become sort of the the voices of the next five years of rock music, you know, and, and 10 years and, and however long these bands, you know, continue to exist. Uh, I didn't know at the time. I just knew that they were, you know, cool people and, and great music. And uh, they were, they allowed me to sort of express my creativity in a way that, uh, was very open and, and, and open to exploration and, and, and chance. And uh, so, yeah, that, the, all that was kind of in that same kind of era. But Fall Out Boy was at the tail end of all those, pretty much. And when you started, you know, working with, you know, like you mentioned, these bands that would become, you know, really, you know, kind of iconic in that, in that area, like Paramore and Fall Out Boy and, you know, Panic at the Disco, um, you know what? You know what were you? You know visualizing as your style that you were bringing to these to to these videos, and and you know these are artists that you know are obviously also embarking on their careers and and you know wanting to create a strong image for themselves. Um, you know how did that that relationship work early on? Well, I mean, I think you know as as I I, I sort of. You know, I started this, I was, I had already been sort of down a couple career paths before I got to filmmaking. So I was about 10 years behind a lot of people who were starting in the same, in the same craft as I was. And the people my age had been in it for 10 years before me. And so a lot of the people that I was seeing sort of, I I was, I was watching their styles and realizing that everyone kind of had a look to their thing. And I, I think for me, since I didn't have a look, it was exciting to be, working with bands that, like I said, gave me that freedom to, to find it. And I think I, I want to say that I naturally have a bent towards the surreal and, and the bizarre, but I also more so have a bent towards uh, the emotional and, and uh, the sort of soul of, of, of music, essentially, and, and what sort of drives a song, what sort of drives an artist. And I think I was fortunate 
to get to work with bands that had that same passion for music as I did, you know, and, and finding who they were as musicians as I did is find out who I was as a filmmaker. I mean, I certainly wouldn't say that, you know, when I met Paramore, they knew exactly the course that they were going to choose, you know, at the time, like they were just a new band kind of figuring things out. And the same thing with Panic. And while Fall Out Boy wasn't a brand new band, they certainly were not the level uh, that they are now and hadn't fully established all their sort of roads that they want to take. So I really was getting a chance to work with bands that, you know, were almost in the same boat as me. Uh, even though I was a bit older than most of them, it was, it was cool to kind of be able to be back in that place that you, you know, a lot of people are outside of high school before they go into college. If they decide to go into filmmaking, sometimes they just go right into it and they've sort of get to explore these things then. But I already went through my exploration through college and all that and, and found science as a route. And after not, you know, pursuing that, I got, a, I got a chance to redo it and I really just feel blessed that I, I got to work with bands that had the same creative curiosity in their own careers. I mean, with Panic, we definitely spoke a common language and that was unexpected, you know, because they definitely are a band that is, or, you know, when they were starting, there was certainly a band that was different than the rest of, of their genre, you know what I mean? They were wearing you know old-timey clothes and bow ties and vests and crazy hats and that seems like that's also commonplace now but it really wasn't at the time for bands in that movement you know it was very much uh you know a different road and for me i felt like i was a very similar director and that i had visions and images uh different than my contemporaries at the time uh i wanted to sort of I wanted to feel like I was at a playground and, and that every everything I was playing on was new and I, that I could create a whole world out of it was just a, a real happenstance having gotten to work with bands again that were again in that same position as I was. Now, you know, you mentioned you worked early on with, you know, metal and, you know, you worked with a really wide range of artists from you know uh you know pop artists from you know american idol to you know country artists so i was mm -hmm. wondering you, you know and, and the, the thread i kind of see through a lot of these is you know a lot of them feature um you know even when there's other other elements are really strong uh performance elements so i was wondering if you could you know talk a little, little bit about you know because that's something that a lot of music videos nowadays lack even if there is a performance element it's not always you know that compelling you know so if you talk yeah. about you know using performance in music videos and, and if that is an important element to, to you i mean i you know for me i i was again fortunate to come along at a time when the music and and the, and the musicianship um, you know, in rock music was still in vogue. It was still popular. People still like got you know really like purchased those those type of types of albums and, and enjoyed those artists. And so it really I don't know if it was necessarily uh, you know a particular goal of mine to focus on performance. I just think that that at the time that's what was that's what people liked and that's what bands wanted. And so. To me, I, I again, right time, right place. But I just that kind of visual really resonated with me because I grew up with videos with bands performing. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm almost forty now. I've, I've been around the entire life of MTV, and I and I've followed it since its inception. 
Um, and so watching music videos and watching bands and their performance has just been a mainstay for me in my entire development. Little did I know it was developing me to actually be in the career of making music videos, but it certainly helped form, you know, what I liked about bands, what I liked about the visuals of bands. You know, I, you know, I grew up on, you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and you mm-hmm. too and seeing amazing performances and so for me and those and that always it always brought out evoked such an emotional response from me that when i finally got the chance to do that with bands and it was still a time when people liked that i really got to to rattle that cage in my soul which was exciting i you know i i used to say because i mean when i first started i used to i used to do all my own camera work and editing and everything you know what I mean? I'd have a small crew of friends that would basically come out and help run the show and I was basically you know the point person on, in every department and it was always fun to be in the mix with these bands uh you know with my camera for the for the day that, that we filmed I always sort of used to joke around with them that it made me feel like I was like the fifth member of the band and it really was that and and I guess I, I fed off that energy which is why the performances that I that I was able to shoot you know, earlier in my career are, are so full of life and have such a, a, a quality to them uh, is because I, I cared about them. It meant a lot. It, it resonated with something in my soul that I'd grown up with and it allowed me to be a part of something. I, I'm not a good singer and I don't play guitar very well, but it allowed me to play an instrument that I do play well. And that was the camera and that was my direct, the, you know, my voice as a director. And for the day, I got to be a part of that band as a real actual member. And it really was, it felt that real. And uh, I think that the bands that I worked with whose performances come off that exciting, I think you can tell because I think they fed off of that energy. And, and, that, and that still happens today. There's, a, you know, there's, there's times where I still get to, like, to work on a performance that is really energetic and crazy and I get to really get involved. I, just, I did a video for uh, Gavin DeGraw recently for his song Best I Ever Had and his band uh, performed for a section of the video and, and I was – on the mic yelling and screaming in their faces as the performances were going on and it really felt exciting to be in that in that space again because again a lot of my videos have become more narrative and more conceptual and again that's kind of the the way things have have gone uh in in this you know era of music videos but occasionally getting to sort of go back to my roots of just shooting that just balls to the wall you know emotionally just riveting performance it was exciting and it definitely was something that was sort of a mainstay for me in my first videos and then that i really fed off of as a as an artist and I'm, cu- I'm curious about your perspective a little bit on the industry you mentioned like that there has been recently like a shift in to more toward more narrative stuff and, and that seems to be like a general overall shift um from our perspective in in industry I'm, I'm wondering from your perspective what kind of changes you've seen in the industry uh kind of from your start both in kind of this the the style of the videos and also the kind of the, the viewership and how many people are watching them and that kind of thing have you have you noticed any change since your beginning well, I mean, obviously, there's been, you know, the most drastic changes we've seen in any era of music videos have happened in the last, you know, six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my career has only been about 11. So half of my career has been the most dramatic change that's ever happened in this industry, you know, uh, in the in the history of it. So I've certainly seen the change and gone with the change. And obviously, the changes have, have largely been influenced, you know, by the the way people watch music videos and that and, you know namely YouTube and Vivo and outlets like that that have sort of become 
the main outlet for videos. It's become the main purpose. You know what I mean? When we talk about releasing a video, we're not actually waiting to see it on TV. We're waiting to see how many views it gets in the first week of its YouTube. It's almost like waiting for album sale releases or album sales, you know, after the first week of release. We're kind of having that same response now to music videos is, oh, good. What was the first week's numbers on YouTube views, you know? And that's become an entirely new measuring stick in the last, you know, few years that never was even conceptualized in the 90s, you know what I mean, uh, or even the early 2000s. And so when I first got in, that wasn't the, the, I was still, I got in at the very tail end of the old guard of things. And it was cool because I I, I'm, I feel fortunate that I got to see that world and how things work and to be a part of seeing things change. But, you know, filmmakers today, they know the, the playing field because they grew up in it in the way that I grew up in mine, they've grown up in theirs. And so this really does, is an, is an age that caters to, to the filmmaker because there's a lot of outlets, even if you don't do a band that's, that's signed or, or, you know, even that good, if you do something cool that people are, think is visually stunning, you can put it on your YouTube channel and you can promote the hell out of it on your, all your social media accounts and someone's gonna see that. That wasn't an option years ago, you know? And so that really gives rise to, you know, the opportunity for a lot of new styles of filmmaking, a lot of new um, sort of approaches on the music video, which, you know, you see people like Chris Milk, who have, you know, absolutely taking taken music videos and its normal paradigm and, and turned it on, turned it on its head, you know, with with all the work he's done with sort of the interactivity that can be done with videos and with, uh, you know, web servers and using your eyesight camera and everything involved, like, you know, filmmakers are finding ways to incorporate all aspects of media into this world of music video. For me, I don't know that that's a path that grabs my, my skill set and my attention as much as I want to perfect the narrative because I want to ultimately be making feature films. So for me, I like that, you know, this, this, age of the filmmaker you know has come upon us and that there is a lot of people out there you know there's there's countless directors whose names i don't even know anymore because they they've just come on the scene in the last year or two and they're killing it and you you see this happening because we've got a, a lot more opportunities for that kind of artistic expression i think it's awesome you know uh for me i i do miss the era where there was a little bit more of a structure but i think you kind of have to embrace the chaos of it all, you know, as it and 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 watch as it sort of formulates a new structure. You know what I mean? If you don't do that, I think you end up getting left behind. You know, uh, so for me, like, I love I love the organic nature of how things are being shot and filmed, and that you know we're letting colors be milky and we're letting fl- lens flares and, and sunlight sort of flare the lens out and, and, and we're letting we're letting our images be much more natural when we don't have the resources to pretend like we do you know i used to when i used to have videos that were like two thousand dollars i was always trying to pretend that they look and make them look like they were two hundred thousand you know but now when people have two thousand dollars for a video they don't give a fuck they'll just make it look like two thousand dollars because that's what people with fucking three hundred thousand dollars are trying to make their, their videos look like it's that that sense of realism, that sense of uh, you know uh, viewer participation, that sense of uh, you know 
crowdsourcing, everyone sort of being a part and being able to understand like what they're seeing and realize, oh, now that inspires me. I can go do that. I'm going to go film, you know, I'm going to go film some dude walking in the desert and just film behind him for three minutes. You know what I mean? And occasionally cut the slow motion shots of a scorpion, but I'm going to go right back to the dude, but I'm only shoot behind him. Why? Because the label gave me five fucking dollars. You know what? All of a sudden that video goes viral. It's the biggest thing since sliced cheese. That guy's going to get the next big video. I remember that video. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you know that just that just wasn't an option back in the day, and so I think I, I I I'm excited for the new opportunities that are presented. For me, I think having had the history I have, I'm still allowed to do things a little bit more structured. I you know I still mainly get hired to to do what I do, and that is to form a somewhat of a a soulful, engaging narrative that. You know, at times touches the heart spring, heart strength, heartstrings, and then also, you know, if there's, you know, some sort of a performance involved, you know, there's definitely this this notion that you know I'm going to be able to pull a performance out of someone, you know, if 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 they're usually not that, don't usually gel well with the director. I'm usually the director that they do gel well with. Um, so I don't know if that it was a long roundabout. Uh, way of answering a question that may have just been a bunch of words, but who knows? <laughs> no, that's great. And I'm, I'm curious how you how you find yourself um, working on on projects now. Are, are you um, usually do you get like uh, single bids, or are you com- do you still find yourself kind of competing with uh, against other directors for stuff? Uh, um, the competition is more fierce now than it's ever been. Um, I definitely get the occasional single bid, but that is just that's like you know winning that's that's like winning a little bit of a lottery you know what i mean like if if you've formed a relationship with a commissioner that trusts you enough to say because you know all their asses are on the line too so it's not like they're going out to multiple to to tons of people now because they you know they think everyone's going to give good ideas they just want to make sure that they've covered their asses and they've got enough options for the artist to know that something's going to going to connect but you know there is that occasional you know band or that occasional management team that I'm you know friends with or that occasional commissioner that I have a history with that that will single bid something. But again, that for me that's rare. I know I'm I'm friends with a couple other directors who are, uh, you know, a little bit newer but sort of you know kicking ass right now who have some ins with certain labels and certain artists that they do get single bid quite often and and thank god i think that's awesome I, I you know i'm stoked for them but for me uh you know it's it's not as common because i really i i'm a unique director and then i really do kind of span all the genres you know i, I i'm certainly not a hip-hop guy but i i'm not necessarily a rock guy either anymore you know and i i'm not necessarily a pop person i and i'm not necessarily a country person i kind of do all of i do bits and pieces of all of it and as a result I'm not niche enough really for someone to go, okay, well, you've done 50 of this genre in the last, you know, nine months. We know you're going to kill this. It's yours. And that's what usually happens. You find with some of these more niche directors where they've got a specific genre that is really their focus, uh, whether it be country, whether it be hip hop, whether it be, uh, you know, just straight, you know, bubblegum pop whatever it is there's artists that sort of have these these niches and i think it's it's you see the single bit happen more when there's that kind of a focus and and you know a, a label can really go no this person knows every ounce of what's supposed to be done in this genre i am not worried in the slightest for me it's not necessarily a case of worry but it's more like there is a bunch of me <laughs> 
there's a lot of me who, you know, kind of came up and I'm sort of competing with my contemporaries that I've been competing with the whole time. Um, and we all kind of have similar skill sets. So, you know, it really comes down to does the artist want this to have this kind of a feel or this kind of a feel because the ideas are going to be kind of similar. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think um, you 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 might be the only the first only director we've ever talked to that has you know Flo Rider and uh, Kelly Clarkson and you know um, followed by an Al- Avril, yeah and Tim McGraw <laughs> you know all on all on your roster of you know artists that, that you worked yeah. with um, and you know I, I, one thing that I, I wanted to ask you about is um, your work with um, you know American Idol because I know that you know. It, Anybody who's an American Idol fan will notice in your, you know, list of people you've, you've worked with is, you know, Kelly Clarkson, um, Daughtry, um, uh, Scotty McCreary. And I know that you you did work with them for a few years, um, you know, making the uh, you know commercial music videos for Ford. Yeah. So I was wondering, you know, where that relationship came with, because this seems like a really unique, uh, you know, position to be in. Yeah. Well, I was, um, this was, gosh, this was six years ago now. I was... Uh, I was approached by my rep, Tommy Labuda, who said, you know, these people uh, from this uh, commercially, commercial uh, production company have been reaching out to me to find some directors to, uh, to interview for this uh, job opening. Uh, and I'm, it has to do with uh, American Idol and Ford, but that's kind of all I know. And so I, I sort of heard those two, you know, iconic names, Ford and American Idol, and said, yeah, let's, let's put me in the mix. So I went and interviewed with Wild Plum. And I immediately just kind of got on with the executive producers there. Uh, Shelby Sexton and uh, Sandy Haddad were the people kind of running production over there. And I had a meeting with them, and we just kind of clicked and hit it off. And that's when I found out about the, what the specifics of the project was. And that's basically, you know, they're bringing, they always brought on two directors every season to direct the uh, Ford uh, music videos uh, that aired during the show. And um, so I ended up getting a chance to work four seasons on American Idol where we work every week, every Sunday, we're shooting a new spot um, with all you know the top 12 down to the top, bottom two uh, idols. And so I got to meet four seasons worth of idols, which was a really, really cool experience. I mean, they become instant superstars to middle America. But when you get a chance to be there with them, hands on working with them, you realize these are just these are just kids who have been <laughs> plucked from you know the millions uh, and told here's your here's your chance and you know you really see the humanity of them when you're with them in person and you're working with them you're with them every week and you're seeing the how the how the, the you know the the process of, of the show is taking its toll on their energy and their charisma and their excitement. And you see the ones that sort of fight through it and the ones that get like excited by it and get energized and you realize, oh, well, it comes pretty clear, it becomes clear pretty early on who's going to progress, you know? And it was an exciting process to do that because in, the, in, in doing so, I got to become friends with a lot of people that, you know, um, maybe didn't necessarily make it maybe their their albums didn't take off or their you know they they no one just wanted to see or hear more from them afterwards and so to to get to know those real people and then to see them afterwards and run into them at parties or or um events is it is cool because they become people to me and they become friends and uh it's cool to see you know that 
this maybe not maybe didn't charge their music career, but maybe it charged them into management or charged them into in a different artistic endeavor. Or maybe they found peace with the fact that they can at least do music on their own terms now and have enough name to go play shows, even if they're smaller shows, and kind of do things their own way. It's it was cool to see that process. But you know, for me, I also was always trying to, you know, formulate the relationships that I thought would also generate future music video work uh, in the artists that I sort of got to know and, and see as really cool, exciting, creative people that I just had the, the desire to work with in the future. And so, you know, I was fortunate for that to happen with some. Obviously, I wasn't on the season when Kelly Clarkson was, but um, I have had a relationship with her label for quite some time and the commissioners over there. And uh, that offered me the opportunity to work with her twice. Uh, and she was, you know, she was just... She's a she's a special person. She really is. She's just a real superstar when she's on the camera and she's and she's on stage and when she's off stage, she's just a real person, a uh, real genuine soul. And uh, it was a blessing to get to work with her. Um, Scotty, you know, I, I spent a whole season with him and then uh, got to work with him right after. And so that was also cool because he, you know, he actually chose me to do his video, just his first video, just because he felt he, there was a comfortability level there and he knew. Uh, that you know, I I knew what I was doing, and that he you know would be able to sort of be a little bit more himself. And uh, you know, I haven't worked with him since, but he's been you know he's been doing some great videos and some great work since then. And and you know, it's it's exciting to see that process, even when I'm no longer involved, uh, just because having those relationships were was genuine. It wasn't sort of a you know a sort of superficial moment. It was it was real. And so. Um, it's interesting now when I get to work with these artists that were on the show recently who I didn't work with. Like, um, for instance, we just did a video for Danielle Bradbury, who won The Voice uh, a couple months back. And obviously, I had no affiliation with The Voice, but sort of, you know, I, I, I worked with her for her first video uh, last month after the win. And, you know, I immediately was able to sort of connect with how she was feeling because I've seen this a million times with people from American Idol. And so I think that allowed me to sort of pull a little bit more out of her than maybe another director who couldn't sort of relate to where she what she was going through at the time. Uh, and so that's, you know, that whole experience with American Idol has opened up my abilities uh, to sort of see an artist and to see where they're at, especially a new artist and particularly new artists that have come from shows like X Factor or The Voice or American Idol, because there's quite frankly a lot, especially coming out of the UK. I mean, almost every artist I write for coming out of the UK has won one of those shows. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because we were just talking about the, that the other day, the, um, you know, when we, whenever we see it, a, a younger artist coming out of the UK, we inevitably look up their bio and it says they won one of many British <laughs> yeah. TV shows that we have not heard of before. Um, and there is a ton. It's crazy. Every boy band coming out of the UK won something. And they're all gorgeous. It's like, how are they, that, that many? Where are all these good looking people in England? I always tell England, it's a bunch of weird tooths, kind of. <laughs> these kids are all like the perfect male species. That's the only, all, all, all of those all of them like that are just coming over to America. It's a, it's a confirmation bias. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm curious a little bit of, of how it, it worked with American Idol. Were you involved conceptually with the ideas and stuff or were you more, uh, was your, was your role mainly to execute? Yeah, we would actually have, uh, our first meetings would be, uh, concepting meetings where it would be me, the other director and, um, the agency at the time, uh, uh, JWT, 
was uh, running that. And so basically the agency uh, producer and creative uh, would meet with me and the other director and uh, a couple writers from the agency and we would just sit in a room uh, for a week or two and just brainstorm ideas uh, literally up on a whiteboard. We then narrowed ideas down to the ones that really weren't feasible, the ones that didn't work, the ones that didn't fit the parameters of what we needed to do because we always needed to feature a certain car and a certain number of idols and we weren't allowed to have extras because of union rules so we had to make it only work with the idols. So it really was... uh, kind of a, a a unique process. I I've never really been in that big of a creative session before. I mean, I do that every day uh, with my assistant when we're writing treatments. I mean, we do we do the same thing, but it's just two of us, you know, here at the office, you know, working through. But like there, it was about you know ten of us on a around a table, conference table, you know, for eight hours a day, day in day out just concepting 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 and then once we got the ideas narrowed down to the best uh i think it was 11 because we don't do one for the final we just do one from 12 down to two um then we uh we would then uh take those ideas and present them to ken who is the guy who uh sort of runs american idol and he would we'd basically then have a meeting with ford JWT, Wild Plum, which is my production company, uh, me, the other director, and then whoever else was tangentially involved. And, you know, that'd be a call, that'd be a, a round table of about, you know, 15 people and then another 15 people uh, on conference in the center of the table on, on the phone in another city. Uh, and that would just, uh, and then we would just, we'd pitch all our ideas and we, pretty much got them all passed every season. Uh, there was never any kind of a concern because we'd spent so much time concepting. They were all pretty solid. But yeah, it was an extensive concepting you know, process. But I, we, me and the other director were integrally, integrally involved. That sounds like a really difficult pitch, uh, pitch uh, <laughs> environment with, uh, with Ford it, it on was, the phone. It was nerve-wracking the first year because obviously, you know, it, I was not used to that kind of a, you know, a setup. But each progressive year, you know, it, it got more and more comfortable just because we knew the people that we were meeting with. There may have been a lot of them. They may, may have been important people, but we knew them, you know. And so as those relationships formed, the meetings became not more casual, but m- more comfortable. And, and I'm curious, uh, you mentioned before um, about your about you doing some work, obviously, in, in country music. You, you obviously work in, in all genres, but um, I noticed that you um, are – you have you're signed to DNA, but you're also signed to Taillight specifically for country music videos. And I was curious a little bit about that. Is that something that's typical to have a you know country music specific production company? Um, I mean, look, there's there's certainly companies that that kind of do everything. And you know, I think for me to have, I think I don't know if many directors do it this way anymore. I think you know it used to be more common for a director to have a country rep and to have a uh, a mainstream rep, but really, you know, I started just strictly mainstream, and it wasn't until after all the success from Panic and the Paramore videos that I decided I want to even try out country. I just, I kind of, I grew up in the sticks, so I kind of grew up listening to country music, and I, I love it still to this day. I listen to country music of my own volition at times, um, and uh, and get and enjoy it. So for me, it was more of a passion for me to want to be able to be involved in that genre, and at the time. Um, my rep didn't really sort of 
didn't dabble too much in country videos. So, you know, he suggested that I find a country rep and had no issue with me doing that. So I reached out to uh, Chandra over, who's my EP over at Taillight. And uh, she, you know, she immediately took a liking to my reel because it, it was pretty strong at that point with mainstream videos. They flew me out. And we had a meeting and uh, signed right there. And basically, you know, they're two different markets. And it's not in the same way that hip hop and and pop and rock are different markets because they are, but they all live on the same channel. Whereas country videos don't live on MTV when video, when videos happened on TV. You know what I mean? They didn't live in the same world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. BET may have only hip hop stuff, but MTV had all of it. And so that was all considered kind of the same market. Even though you got guys that specialize in different genres within that market, it was pretty much considered uh, a unified uh, you know, setup. Whereas country was always an island unto itself and a big island at that. Uh, you know, So it's, it's such a huge demographic of people that buy and listen and follow country music, yet it's such a distinctly unique group from people who listen to everything else. Uh, and so that you know, kind of causes a split where, you know, you almost need for country, you need someone that has those specific relationships. And it's unlikely that someone who has invested their life in those relationships are going to have the same relationships in mainstream. So that is why there's a necessity to have two. Uh, you know, someone that focuses solely on their country stuff and someone that focuses solely on the rest. Um, but again, not every director gives a shit about country music videos. I mean, most of them don't have country reps because most of them don't give, you know, two shits if they ever do a country video. You know, I just happen to love the genre and I want to be a part of all of it. I, I really am a lover of, of, of most genres of music. I, don't, I, can't, I can't think of one I, I dislike. I really, if it's, if it's good music and it's done well and it vibes with my soul, I, I'm in. <laughs> You have not done a uh, Spanish accordion music music video yet. <laughs> I haven't, and I tell you what, I welcome the opportunity. <laughs> I one thing I had forgotten is how crazy colorful and and um interesting that the panic the disco videos are yeah they're great and 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 one thing that we uh we didn't really cover but mr shane drake is a uh a, a pretty decorated music video director he's been nominated and won a lot of music video awards and uh so that's that's sweet congrats <laughs> <laughs> congrats uh and you might actually see that information on IMVDB soon. Yeah, that 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 would be some sweet info. Is there any other is there any other site site info we could we should cover real quick while we still have people's ear? That's right. People who are still listening, um, you should know about our campaign on Indiegogo. If you go to any page at imvdb.com, go to the bottom. It says site news. Check out our Indiegogo campaign. Click that. Um, and this is definitely geared toward people who work in music videos specifically. And um, we are, you know, looking to build a, an application, an application for people who work in the music video industry. Um, from anybody from, you know, uh, you know uh, people who 
crew on music videos to directors who are looking for, you know, uh, uh, jobs from artists and labels to artists and labels themselves to commissioners, pretty much anybody involved in the process. And, um, you know, we're looking to build something that is a little bit of, I hesitate to use the word community, but it's an application that, a web, uh, web application. A web application, yeah, not an iPhone application yet. Um, that will be free for everybody to use with a verified credit on IMVDB. We have a system where we verify people's identities, which is very handy. Um, it allows you to do things like, you know, uh, fill out a you know complete professional profile, which may not be, you know, appropriate to display publicly on the site but would be appropriate for you know this internal app we've also got things like um you know really advanced searching for people looking to you know find and con contact people um you know listings where people can post um pretty much whatever they want it's gonna be pretty freeform as well something that i'm really excited about which is kind of a a shoots feature um which is a little bit like a call sheet but it's um you know uses the imvdb database and allows um and you know allows you to use all the information within it that we've been able to collect to to you know create this kind of uh, this interactive call sheet. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there, um, and uh, we are we want this to be free. We don't want this to be something that people uh, pay for, you know, on a, on, a, on a monthly basis or something like that. We want you know everyone to everyone to be using it. So we're looking to uh, fund development up front, and that's why we're using Indiegogo. Definitely. And, and, and about these features, you know, they're definitely, you know, I don't want to kind of overstate it or, or seem like we're, you know, just like trying to include everyone. But I really think anyone who's a professional within the music video industry will find something about this web app useful and will, you know, help them to, to make music videos. You know, it'll encourage communication between people. It will encourage, you know, the ability to find jobs or to find people to work on jobs. Um, and it will also be a place where you can kind of really represent your work within the industry and beyond, you know, on the site to verified other music video professionals. And so I, I do think it's got something from everyone, from labels to artists to crew members and directors and, and all the way down through. So, uh, I'm I'm super excited about about the potential um, of this app for sure. We're looking to maximize the potentiality. Yes, we want to maximize potential. You know, we should, we should put that on the Indiegogo campaign that this will maximize your potentiality. We should. We that should maybe we should just like have it be like the subtitle of it. So like IMDb Web <laughs> uh, Productions Web App. This will maximize your potentiality. <laughs> Uh, definitely. Um, so that campaign is going to the end of October. It ends on the night of Halloween. Um, but don't uh, don't delay. Don't delay just because it's the middle of September. Go ahead and uh, and, and and smack some money down because, <laughs> like I said, uh, you know this is specifically for the music video industry, specifically for for people uh, I think that are uh, mo a lot of people that are listening. As and um, you know we've uh, we've got two things that I think are going to make this happen. Number one is our database and number two the fact that we do have the kind of development firepower to get this done um, yeah and get it done quickly this is uh we're looking to launch the the first version of this in um in february right february 2014 that's right yeah february you know mid to late february or early march q1 as they call it we're using the fancy terms mm -hmm. businessy terms whoa q1 where they where they learn that well i have a i have a business book right here how to use fancy business terms Ooh, i i have the, <laughs> the same thing in wikipedia form so we're good we're good with 
terminology. Uh, so there you go. We want your money, um, and uh, and also we want your likes. So go ahead and, and as usual, actually just put icons right on the top um, of every page on IMVDB. Go to any page, click on the Twitter and Facebook icons. Do your duty. Follow us. Like and follow. Like and follow. Because um, we've got great stuff happening every every day, every week. Um, like pretty uh, much a constant a constant flow of awesome stuff. Music awesome. Music video awesome stuff. There we go. So until uh, the next interview, uh, we'll see you guys later. But also tune in Thursday because uh, Thursday evening at, at every Thursday evening at, at 11 Eastern uh, to hear the live, the, us live talking about music videos of the week. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you on Thursday.